The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Oh yes, we're back. It's the Shaken and Stirred show and I'm having to remind my podcast co-host that we do actually record this show. That uh, it's not just him and I chatting away to each other, uh, making rude jokes. That in fact, that you are here to partake and to listen. Hi, everyone. Um, it's another week on the Shaken and Stirred show. Tom, how are you, mate? Very nice. I'm very well. Spring has, sp- spring has turned into summer here. So it's in the UK. So we're kind of, we've actually had two hot days, which basically is, is enough. Is that was summer? I think it's been and gone. Thunderstorms tomorrow, but you know what? I even got a little bit of colour. I got a little bit really red. Rather than definitely normal. more red. I think you know when as the red fills in and your eyebrows begin to glow white, then we know that you know. It's, you know, it's I'm a, I've been in the sun. No, it's great. So um, yeah, just still over here, kind of you know, trying to work out what's going on. The world is still not back to normal, but we get it. Seems like we're we're, we're making moves in the right direction everywhere. I don't know. America seems to have opened up and be operating normally. Is that correct? Well, I don't know about operating normally. It's operating. Um, right. You know, it's certainly different everywhere you go. But uh, you know, hey, I think that it, it, we're, we're trying, and it's yeah. slowly but surely things are beginning to seem a little bit more like normal. I mean, just the other day, I went to my local grocery store where historically they've made us mask up, glove up. And there are, you know, limited number of people in the store at a time. They were really sort of fanatical about it. And they were the first ones at it and all the rest of it. And now out of they went from all of that to completely no gloves, no masks, no nothing. I mean, open to as many people. It was just a, it wasn't a gradual. It was just, you know, you had to have gloves, mask and limited number. And now it's floodgates are open. So I, th- and I, I went in wearing no nothing, just I went in as suggested and when Make I went it. in, every single person in there was gloved and masked. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, well, we, we know that on the show we don't discuss the dreaded, you know what, pandemics or anything like that. And we like to keep a positive spin on things. I've got some very um, exciting booze news this week. You do? Well, before we get to booze news, you're jumping the gun, old boy. You're no, I'm not jumping the gun. I'm just telling you that. He's I'm telling, telling you that. Everyone out there, he's telling me. This is what happens. I'm telling you that before you go and steal my slot, because you're very good at that. You're, you're reminding me so much today of Michael Caine. It's kind of crazy. I don't know what it is. You must have been watching an old Michael Caine movie. Oh, there we go. Thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. I'll be quiet now. There you go. See, that's one way to shut him up, people. Um, what are you drinking, old boy? It, well, it's not a... It's a seasonal drink, but it, I've got the wrong season. It's, a fo- it's called Forager's Fizz. Now... You know, I'm partial to a champagne cocktail. This is quite different. This is, I'm drinking something with Prosecco, which is a summery type drink. Um, slow gin, which is definitely something from the slow berries that you pick on, on the hedges here, but you do that kind of in the autumn. And a little bit of blackcurrant cordial. I mean, I suppose if you were, you know, it could be called a slow gasm. That's another word for it. But um, it's I, I just keep it clean. This is a family show. Forager's fizz will have to do for now, yeah. and then you can stick a few stick a few berries in it, raspberries and things, and there you go. There you've got it. Again, you and I are on the same tip. And uh, when I say that, I'm not talking to the slogasm. Um, I'm by the way a family show. That's exactly how we actually market shaken and stirred is normally to children and minors because, uh, you know, we only talk about cocktails, you know, the entire time. But, um, yeah, joking aside, once again, somehow we seem to have coordinated drinks, which I don't understand how because I I try to go for something different every time. (laughs) It looks almost like it is the same drink, kind of, as in I have berries floating in mine and I have – but mine is also a country drink. It is called the Country Time um, and it's, but not the time, literally time the herb. So I have a sprig of time. And what you do first of all, it's with, with vodka. It's about two shots of vodka. Um, but first of all, you get the, a, a sprig of time. And my wife is taken to growing time on our window ledge in our kitchen. And I, you sort of crush it between your fingers. You put it in the bottom of your, sh- of your shaker. I put the berries in. I put about 10 uh, blackberries in. I then squeezed half a le- lemon into it. I got the, my mulling stick and I just mulled it all up and, and crushed it all together. Then I put the ice in, put the vodka in, shook it, 
and uh, it's got a little bit of agave as well. I added that in there, and then I garnished it with another sprig of um, thyme and some berries, and it is delicious. It's a, here we go. Cheers. Cheers, cheers. Cheers, 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 my friend. Yeah. Mm. It is delicious, actually. It's a little kick yeah. to it, and it's uh, very, very summery. But unlike you, Tom, who seem to have dressed for your drink, uh, and you look like a forager with that sweater on. You know, this is what people wear in in the UK, which, by the way, he's wearing what looks like a sort of a vest, but it's like a felt vest, something you'd see in the Shire. Tweed gilet. Oh, gilet, a tweed gilet, by Harris Harris Tweed, no less. Yeah, Harris, obviously, of course, Harris Tweed. No, absolutely, it's a sort of timeless number, which, uh, like I said, I think last time I saw that in fashion was when during Lord of the Rings. I'm always saying this, but I'm always ahead of the game. I'm always ahead of the curve. Absolutely. Taking the piss out of my tweed, it's always come straight back round and right, it's right there. On, in fact, you'll probably sit standing there wearing it on the catwalk, whatever. Um, every time I'm, I'm ahead of the curve on this one, you know that. So therefore, tweed is going to make a comeback again soon. Obviously, without a doubt. And by the way, I just feel very touched that you think I still walk on a catwalk, which although it's been about 30 years. But thank you, Tom. I'll I'll take it. That's, you know, I think it's time for a comeback for me to be on the catwalk, actually. Um, But hey, booze news. And apparently you've got some. I do have some. I've got some. You know how we like to we, we how we like to all our booze news is generally positive and upbeat which is great, and I think that's the way it should be because we're, we're, our show is positive and upbeat. Anyway, I've got something completely different this time. You can drink, right? Out, so there's a drink, there's a vodka out there, which has been made by the Air Tech Company, along with NASA, that, okay, and this is good, this is, I don't know, let's really say this slowly. Anthropogenic emissions from CO2, so from, you know, burning fossil fuels, can be used with technology to capture the CO2 and convert it to ethanol. And as I said, the air tech company with NASA then either use the ethanol to make vodka, currently retailing at $75 a bottle. NASA used the ethanol to then convert it into glucose to make food for their spaceships or, yeah, for space. So, it's green credentials. You can drink and save the planet. Wow, I like that. But uh, wait a yeah. second, food for their spaceship. So the last time I heard Na- NASA make it like spaceship. We- <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it, I mean, come on, Tom. Space, like, whatever what they spaceship. It's like it's like a little boy Sorry, playing spaceship. with a little toy running around the garden with you know, above his head. It's my spaceship, Daddy. Okay. Whatever, astronauts, how about that? There we go. There you go. It's getting all technical there. Oh my God. Well, there you go, people. Booze news, a la Asta, the snapper. I'm just going to jump straight into this. Hi, everyone. I'm dealing with my co-host, who's a complete and utter mess, as usual. But we have a wonderful guest. Our guest today is hopefully going to make us laugh more than actually my co-host, Tom Astor. Um, She's a comedian. She's a radio personality. We have actually met before. We worked at the same... Radio Andy. Do you remember me at Radio Andy when I had of the gentleman? Of course. I used to listen. Of course. She's such a liar. She's not a very good liar, but hopefully she's a better impersonator, which is what you're going to know her as. Because she does impersonations of the Real Housewives, and she's a regular watch what happens live. And um, she has her own show on Radio Andy called Reality Checked and has a new cookbook, Cook It, Spill It, Throw It, a not so real housewives parody cookbook coming out soon. Please welcome Amy Phillips. Amy, how are you? Hello. Cheers to both Ooh. of you. Oh, look at that fabulous thing. Cheers. We're all Cheers. Oh. oh my god, our drinks are the same color. <gasps> we're all, we're so coordinated. That's and I even have a little green thing hanging out the edge of my. <gasps> what are you drinking, Amy? Okay, you guys. Let me take a sip. Mm. So delicious. This is called the Cease and Despritzer. It's from my cookbook, co-written, obviously, by a real chef. I am not a chef. Chef Stuart O'Keefe. And this is a cease and spritzer um, play on words of cease and desist, obviously. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> I mean, I know you knew, but just in case anybody's wondering, um, this is a drink that is based off of a moment in Housewives history that it was epic because it was the first wine throw. It was the first wine throw in the face Real Housewives of Orange County, Tamara Barney at the time, threw a glass of red wine in Gina Keo's face at a barbecue right by the pool. 
And it was shocking. So that was the first wine throw. And it was all about a cease and desist. So she she served her with a cease and desist letter and then threw a drink in her face. Class. Wow. That, that is class. There's a story right there. And how do we make <laughs> this drink, for God's sakes? You know, you can do any kind of red wine. Um, and then I have like a, it's mixed berry LaCroix, blueberries, muddled and mint. Oh, and it tastes good. You like it? Mm. It's very good. It's very refreshing. And it's, it's almost like I want to be poolside. I don't want to throw a drink in anyone's face, but it's delightful to enjoy. Well, I was going to say, it sounds like one of those kinds of drinks that I would actually rather like to throw in someone's face. I mean, <laughs> I've never, the thought of red wine with ice cubes in it and then sort of putting sort of other, it sounds disgusting. I think not surprising. She didn't spit it in her face, actually, rather than throw it. Tinto de Verano, it's nice. You must have that in Spain, Tinto de Verano, which is like red wine of the summer, which is red wine, ice cubes, orange, and I think they put lemonade in it, but just to sweeten it up. Yes, there. I think there are some renditions of it. It's like a nice little fruity spritzer, you know, for those of you who want to drink more wine, but need it to be muddled down with a little more extra stuff so that you don't have to get too wasted too fast. Not that I'm speaking from experience, of course. I don't know anything about that. (laughs) So is this your your book is then full of recipes that and and, and things that have been made and eaten and and somehow I guess like thrown <laughs> thrown spilled and everything else on the show is that yes. what is that so that's what it's based on kind of it is based on moments and housewives but it's these are not recipes that they actually made necessarily she threw red wine in her face, but it wasn't a spritzer. So we made we make uh, dishes and we created dishes that are original and they're just inspired by housewives moments. Um, uh-huh. So that's that's what it's it's inspired by food inspired by like for example, Ramona Singer loves oysters. I mean, from New York, she just she's always eating oysters. She's always ordering oysters and not for the table, by the way, just for herself. Um, just want to be clear about that. So we have a recipe called oyster, uh, oysters Ramona Feller. So that's off of her love of oysters, but it's a twist on, you know, we make it an original recipe. So we have drinks, we've got food, dessert. It's like, it's so I fun. I thought you were going to tell us oysters Rockefeller right there. I thought that's what you were going to go down that road and, you know, teach us. And you're right. you know. Oysters Ramona Feller. I mean, it's a play off of the word Rockefeller so that you're exactly, you're headed in the right direction. So that's kind of like what we did. A lot of puns. You know, no, it's, it's like brilliant. I actually thought you would, it was going to be more like sort of fake meat impersonating real meat and stuff like that. You know, but <laughs> hey, I, clearly I was wrong. What, what, what made you want to do a cookbook? I mean, it's such a, I mean, I know everyone sort of does cookbooks and we say that because I, I think that our podcast is meant to be about cocktails, but we must have interviewed more chefs and cooks, Tom, on this show than anything else. We are like a cooking show. In fact, what? we are a cooking podcast for anyone who doesn't know. Well, I love that you're passionate about drinks and beverages. And I, this was not my idea. Like, so Chef Stewart actually came to me along with his literary agent because he had this idea to do a Real Housewives cookbook and was like, how has this not been done before? So he was like, well, I can, you know, do the food part, but I need to partner with somebody who knows the Real Housewives, who knows, who can tell the jokes, who can write the funny titles and write the funny blurbs and, you know, has a connection to the housewives. So that's when they approached me and I was like, oh, what? Like a cookbook uh, for housewives? And it took me a second. I was like, carry the one. I was like, oh, this is an amazing idea. I mean, because no one has done this. And if you think about it, every single fight that happens, <laughs> happens at a dinner table or a brunch or a lunch or, a, you know, over drinks. So it's all about, they're always getting together for a reason and they're usually around a table. So it's very organic how it all ended up unfolding. No, absolutely. Actually, I thought it was a brilliant idea. As soon as I read it, I was oh, like, thanks. oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah, no, I think it's going to be a big, big success. And the, I immediately yeah. knew of about five or six people I wanted to send it to. So <gasps> oh, like, my gosh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because these people love it. And it's it's yeah. hilarious. It's funny. I mean, it's a funny concept. And there are so many cookbooks out there which are the same sort of stuff. But mm-hmm. the fact that it, you could, I don't know, it's a great gag gift, for example. I mean, it you know, is, yes. Brilliant. Yes. So it's great and all, and all that kind of thing. So I know my wife was, I mean, she saw it too. She was like, oh, that's a perfect gag gift for my girlfriends. We're all going to love oh, this. Oh, my know. God. I am so glad you said that. Yeah, for book club. Exactly. And we have menus, like in the back of the book, we've got menus for watch parties. So it's like, oh, if you want to have a Beverly Hills barbecue or, or 
you know, a New Jersey uh, premiere night, we list all the different recipes to make a nice party meal um, for that's New Jersey themed with like all New Jersey food or all Beverly Hills food. And so we put together these little menus so that you can kind of enjoy it. We also have a kid's menu because, but it's called, you don't talk about the kid's menu because in Jersey, you know, bring up the kids. You don't bring never up. bring up the kids. You don't no. bring up the kids. No, mm-hmm. love that. No, no. We, we don't bring up the kids too often here. Although for some odd reason, we've been talking about children and underage drinking the entire show for this show. So it's oh, clearly I did my kids, I did my share of that. I did my share of underage drinking, which is why, as an adult, I'm so balanced. No, absolutely, which is <laughs> why you, you run away. You ran away from where Gross Point, Michigan. Oh my God! Yes, boy, you really did your research. That is where I am from. A uh, little suburb outside of Detroit. No, well, I, I've spent a lot of time in Detroit. Oh my um, gosh! Uh, you know, I, I did my own furniture line with Art Van Furniture for some <gasps> time. So, spent a lot of time in Detroit. Uh, wow! Yeah, 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 and Gross Point and, you know, and all around that area. And but I'm a big Michigan Michigan fa- fan. You know, I'm, I'm a, what is it, the Mitten? And you know, yes. you're down there or whatever. You're from here, you're from there, yeah. yeah. On the other side of hand, yeah. What was it like? I want to get into the sort of nuts and bolts of you a little bit because you okay. know, you've got, I mean, like I say, obviously you're the comedian, you've got your cookbook, you've got your shows, you're the best. people don't necessarily know all about who you are and where you came from. And we'd love to kind of get a little bit into the people behind the personalities that we have on Shaken and Stirred. And you, know, you, you come from Michigan, but you're obviously living in LA now. You're, you're sort of living that kind of cool, hit life, comedian on TV, all that kind of stuff. But what was it like growing up in, 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 you know, Point Gross? I actually had a great experience in Gross Point. Um, it's a small town, you know, it's a small town. Everybody knows everybody. So you've got that small town aspect of it. You've got a beautiful lake, as you know, Lake St. Clair is right there. So the scenery is beautiful. The homes are really beautiful. It's nice. The schools are good. And I, I made really good friends. I still have friends from middle school and high school that where we still keep in touch, believe it or not. And we don't all hate each other. Um, so I had a, a, a pretty decent childhood and upbringing. Um, I think gross point is somewhere where you can get very comfortable, stay there, never leave. And I just was never that type of person. I, I, I would always felt different from, from everybody there. I always felt not, not like an outcast, but more just, um, I, I just, I wanted something different from, for my life. And I knew that I had that within me, you know, you, you look around and I'm sure it happens in every small town where it's like, okay, well you, you, you grow up, you, you get married, you have kids, you do the thing, blah, blah, blah. You get the house. But I just, um, I didn't really, I couldn't foresee that necessarily in my future. I tried that. It didn't work (laughs) for me. So I had to You say small town though. Is that, I mean, I know it's is, is, is it a suburb exactly? Because I can't, I'm trying yes. to because it, it, but isn't it? It's very well to do, isn't it? In gross it point. is. Yes, it's very well to do, and there are a lot of really nice suburbs around Detroit. That's one of them for sure. But I also loved being close to the city of Detroit, so I went to Wayne State University. So and I worked downtown, and I loved being in the city of Detroit. And that is before now. I'm sure if you go back, it's like. Uh, you mean a completely different story. There are pockets of like amazing art districts where things have just turned around and, and, and I've just blown up, you know, as far as Detroit is concerned. And I always get protected when people, you know, they'll joke about like, Oh, you know, you get a shot in Detroit. It's like, Oh, I love Detroit. Just like, you know, step off because it has been through a lot. Detroit has been through a lot. And you can see that now with just culturally how they've exploded, you know, artistically in with food and restaurants and uh, architecture. My brother is an architect in Detroit. Um, so, and I, I loved going to the college there. I worked in an advertising agency, downtown Detroit. And when I went back after several years and I hadn't been downtown in a while, and I saw like on Woodward Boulevard, just like the a Nike store and, and, um, what was it? Amazon or not Amazon, um, some big company. You've got Shinola and you've got all kinds of things. Oh, Shinola. Oh my gosh. That's a perfect example. And I was like, almost, I was getting choked up because I just thought, wow, this is not at all what it was like when I was going to school here or working down here. And, um, I just, Detroit has so much promise and, and it really has a lot of grit and a lot of heart. So I love, I love being able to be a part of that in my young adulthood. 
certainly not as much as a child, but as I grew older and I was able to be around that and I love that. And it, the friends that I met in improv and comedy while I was still in Detroit, I'm still friends with out here because we all moved out here eventually. And we just have like this reputation with in the comedy sphere of like Detroit people like really stick together. We have each other's backs and it is absolutely true. And I never would have, I couldn't have predicted that, but there is something to be said about you know, when you're from a certain place and you have a connection, I mean, it just surpasses everything. You just, you've got a connection for life. And some of my closest friends are from Detroit, who I met in Detroit while I was doing comedy and are out here now. It's great. It's certainly one of my favorite places, actually, funnily enough. I, you know, having worked all over the, the country, I, I've just spent a lot of time in Detroit. And I, they're, they're, to your point, really good people, really good natured. I mean, I know anywhere wow. where it's tough, where things are tough and difficult, Yes. When you're going to get artists, you're going to get creatives. But you're, yes, you know, if yes. people have to get together, and really you can't sing the blues unless you've had the blues, you know, and, mm-hmm. and the people of Detroit have had the blues and yeah. you know, they and, they've, and they're now singing them to some extent. And it's been a beautiful thing. And you're right. I mean, it's the largest urban redevelopment in the U.S. history, what went on in Detroit in the past decade, right, with, you know, multi-billion dollar re- re- redevelopment that happened down there. And it's an extraordinary thing to see. I'm curious with the comedy You've scene. You've got the statistics. You know, I like those statistics, throwing them out. You know? Love I got, it. I do. I try and do a little bit of my homework, you know, when I, when I got to get, but I also, I just think it's, it's, it's always interesting about statistics numbers kind of make it real in a way you can yes, talk about right. stuff. It's tangible. It's like, it's Oh, here are the facts. It's like, actually, yeah. no, it really has had this happen to it. This has happened to it, but you know, comedy, talk to us about comedy in Michigan and, and, and in Detroit. Is it, you know, when mm-hmm. things are that hard, what, what are people, what were you doing in, in, from in the comedy scene at that, when you were sort of growing up in Michigan? Once I finished high school, I did end up going to New York for a spell. I went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, which is a conservatory. Um, and I learned, you know, the very, I learned how to act, Nigel, Tom. I learned how to get rid of my Midwest accent and start speaking more like Grace Kelly. Um, so I did a stint there. <laughs> and then I came back um, to Detroit and I ended up getting a degree in broadcast communications and stuff like that. But when I um, started taking improv and doing co- this, the comedy stuff, Second City Theater was downtown Detroit. Um, but they just were leaving the city, which is like so devastating because it was the city was in a weird place. Like things were starting to close and to take Second City out of downtown Detroit was like a travesty. They moved it up to a suburb in Novi. And I did get involved with Second City there. And I went to school there. I went to the improv school there and I learned a lot about improv. But I also got involved in other comedy theaters like the Planet Ant Theater in uh, in Hamtramck, which is just like right, like a second outside of Detroit. Um, and I learned how to improvise. And that's where I learned how to really hone my comedy chops, um, made friends for life. I ended up going to Chicago after that and studied more improv because Chicago is like the motherland for improv. Mm-hmm. Um, the second city is like the main stage. Second city is there. You've got IO theater, the annoyance, and you've got, you know, it's, it's really the breeding ground for a lot of comedians who come, they go from Chicago, they learn the techniques, they learn how to do it all. And then they come to LA and then they do what they can do, see if it works. But, um, Chicago was amazing. It was like, you know, if you want to do a show, a sketch show or an improv show at any point, at any point during the night, you have like, you, I would be doing like five shows in one night going from different, you know, spots of the city. And it was just, it was just awesome. I didn't get too much into stand-up comedy. I did a little bit, um, but I ended up just gravitating more towards improv because it's so, it's so like community-based and it's so much easier to do. Like you don't really have to do homework. You just show up and you make things up as you go along. And, and then you're around other people and you're doing bits and comedy and it's just so fun. And then you're going to the bar and you're drinking and you're up until two in the morning every night performing and just goofing around and it's just it's addictive like it's literally addictive um one of those funny kids at school um i was to a degree yeah um yeah i would do like impressions of my teachers clearly i I actually literally have that written down here oh really (laughs) my next question did you ever impersonate your teachers at school i mean you just said my next because that's what i I mean i I, Exactly right. Because people have to do those sort of crazy things, but it's, there was always a kid that was good at it. 
I, when yeah. you were that kid, you were the kid. Yeah. That just- I was that kid. I was definitely that kid. I mean, I had no choice, you know, I mean, what am I going to do? And, you know, you start to get laughs and you realize like, oh, oh, this is really fun. And um, I remember like I, they asked me to do the announcements, you know, how like they had the school announcements. So in high school, they asked me to do the school announcements. I was like, oh, whoa, this is really the shit. Like, this is my like I got, I get to do the school announcements. So then I used to do impressions of the teachers on the school announcements. That's brilliant. And, and, and like, as, because it's sometimes they would have an announcement um, about what's up, you know, up and coming about like caps and gowns and stuff. So I would read it in the voice of a teacher saying like, get your money in for caps and gowns. And then I literally, I would be like, what did you think of my impression? And some people were like, I didn't know you were doing impression. I thought that was the teacher. I was like, what? that was enlightening for me. I was like, how much can I get away with? So, and I had been always been doing impressions like at home. I, I, I'm definitely an old soul when it comes to like Liza Minnelli. I was always doing Liza Minnelli and Joan Rivers, like going up to my mom and being like, Oh, for God's sakes, what's for dinner tonight? I'm starving. And you know, just like the lie, I used to love Liza and just, just mimic her from Arthur you know, and yeah. that's one of my favorite movies of all time. And to this day, I'm always like, mother, I can't, I can't believe this. Like, what is going on? I hate to tell you that I'm in the remake of Arthur. I'm actually, in it. I'm in the movie. I'm the one who does the photo shoot. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I, I can't believe I forgot that, but yeah, uh, I, I we, did we actually, see that. But we actually, you know, it's the one time we, we shouldn't have done a remake of a movie, right? I mean, Arthur, the classic is the best movie of all time. To try and remake it was probably the worst idea ever. It's okay. It still was a really entertaining movie. I mean, yeah, it's still a win-win. Paris, but it's not, you know, I, I mean, I, but I, I, I grew up the same way with, with you know, like classic uh, Arthur. Yes. Just, I, know, I love that. Dougie I love Moore Arthur. Genius, you know. I just, I mean, absolute genius. I That is one of my favorite movies. Um I love that part when he's trying to put together that thing. He's so drunk and he, he shows up at her apartment and they're just staring at him. He's trying to put together like that coaster. And he's like, it's, it's a gonna. It's like, yeah, like, I just love him so much. Oh well, my the God. movie's actually based on Tom's real life. Um, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, yeah, since the, sorry, Tommy boy, you know, it's all out now. Everyone knows. Did you get the inheritance? Did you get the money, Tom? Did you get the money? <laughs> you got oh, yeah. your books and you got your books and that's all you need. You got the town as well, by the way. Not just oh. money. You got the whole damn town. <laughs> wow. How, really? there, nice. How rich yeah. are you? <laughs> no, I'm not rich at all. He's joking. He like he just oh, makes yeah. his up and sees what Empire just, State, Empire State Building mean anything to you? Yeah, we what sold now? it. I know you did. <gasps> Uh, hey. Oh, what a shame! God. Bad time to sell the Empire State Building. Um, <laughs> wow, wow, um, Tom. Ever, ever stayed at the Waldorf Astoria? Um, Astoria, nice. Oh, Tom it. Astor. Nice. Oh, oh my God! Are you kidding me right now? No. I feel like I'm on. This is your life, although it's not my life. Although I wish it were. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, yeah. I, I look at him squirm. I love it. He doesn't even know where to look, where he's putting his hands. Okay. <laughs> I know. He's so uncomfortable. He's, you know, so, he's like, stop he's, talking about this right now. We don't own them anymore, nice, unfortunately. I know. You've sold them all. It's terrible. That's why I'm squirming. I'm just, ah, the decisions of this previous generations. I don't think they cared much. In fact, my grandfather, this is, this is a true story, was called up. It's back in the 60s. He was called up, or even earlier, maybe in the 50s, by a lawyer in America and said, you need to come out here with your brothers because um, one of your relatives has died and you've got, you've got to, we've got to divvy up the, the, the land holdings that you guys have got over. My grandfather hated, absolutely hated um, going to America. And at that time, I think you, you probably had to do it on a boat. Anyway, this call came in the, in the summer and he was off grouse shooting. So it was a real inconvenience. And he just basically said, I don't care. And he told, I think he told one of his brothers, I just don't care, just sell it, whatever. Anyway, this lawyer um, apparently got in the room with, with the brothers and spoke mouth of New York and told them all what, they, you know, what, what was left. And they just flogged it. And I think it was one of those moments when it was, it was kind of property in, in New York was, was probably at the lowest it's ever been. So, yeah, that's why I'm squirming. But, you know, hey. Wow. It was there wow. to give away, right? Oh my well, gosh! It was, but before they left, they wrote their names on things like the New York Public Library and stuff yeah. like that. You know, oh you know. really? 
His name that's is like, repeated all over town. You know, <laughs> you're like that's, the bank that, theory. <laughs> that's not going to feed my children much. Now, unfortunately, even Astoria in New York. I mean, you know, they have a whole neighborhood named after you. But you know, oh, amazing. <laughs> this is like. Wow, this I I didn't know I'd be getting a history lesson. This is really cool. Oh my I gosh. I like try and make him go red, but unfortunately no. he's way natural. I, was, I didn't know I was <laughs> I didn't know I was gonna get ideas for jobs. Maybe, maybe I'll come over and be a tour guide. It could be quite fun. That's like actually a really good idea. Why not? Uh, it's, it's a brilliant idea, Tom. Another one of your brilliant ideas is it runs in the family, I can tell, like selling half of New York. Um <laughs> <laughs> Amy, wow. you know, did you ever have, I guess, or do you have currently a favorite person to parody, to impersonate? I do love doing Liza a lot because just she's like one of the first ones I've ever done. But currently, you know, with Real Housewives, I'm always inventing and creating new impressions of the Real Housewives. So, but I would say the the major, my, my favorite is probably Ramona Singer, Ramona Singer from New York City. Uh, because she was the first housewife I ever did an impression of. And you know what? She always lived inside of me and didn't have to practice. It just was there. Okay. She, she drinks Pinot Grigio and that's all. Um, I just, because she was, it was one of my first ones I ever did. I didn't really have to rehearse anything. I didn't even have to like teach myself how to get the voice it just was like in me. So Ramona's my favorite. I love doing Teresa from Jersey. You know what I'm saying? Cause I like to talk with my hands. I like to talk about ingredients and it's fun to do stuff like this. Don't I'm saying, don't I'm saying Nigel. She always messes up the words she says. So, um, I love doing Teresa, Ramona, and I love Lisa Rinna cause she likes to hustle. <laughs> she likes to hustle. Oh my God, those are hilarious. Do you, these are all big, right? So you, you look for big people, like big personalities to do these sorts of things. What is it like, have you ever tried to do the, or, or do you do the small personalities? Like the ones, That's how hard is that? Question. What's the difference? That is such a good question. And you nailed it because that is in fact the key. Because you can have a personality that is so small and that is in fact where you exaggerate how small it is. So for example, Captain Sandy from Below Deck Mediterranean um, isn't like this big, huge character, but God, I'm so passionate about the sea, you know? I just, I just want to put you in my sea bosom, yeah? God, I love, I love, I love super yachts, you know? And I love to cater to douchebags. When they get on my super yacht, they ask for the most ridiculous things, and I like to give it to them, all right? Let's all get out there and give it our best shot. So, like for her, she's not, you know, yelling. She doesn't have some crazy accent. She's just so overly passionate and, and, and soft. She's, she speaks pretty softly and she's just so passionate about the sea and about super yachts. So, I mean, that's where I like to hone in on ones like that. So no, they're not all like Lisa Renna who's like, hustle, honey, where you're like, whoa, you know. Some other ones are like Lisa Vanderpump from, well, right. you know, Lisa yeah. Vanderpump. Yeah. Uh, She's so, so excited, darling. And so uh, it's like she's revving up to say something because, you know, Jiggy, RIP, by the way. But you know what? I do pay my taxes on my restaurants and uh, I resent anyone who says differently. You know, that's definitely a more soft spoken one, but I like to really exaggerate how she kind of revs up <laughs> to speak. Um, what is your so, process? Yeah. What, do you, what do you do to look for what, when you find someone that you you're your next victim, so to speak? What, <laughs> I know, right? What right. is the dissection <laughs> process? You know, what are you looking? Tom, you you're look? next. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's like, no, thank you. Um, sometimes I just enjoy the shows, uh, just to enjoy the shows. I'm not always like, you know, looking with a with a um a monocle as to what um what I can do next. But if I do set my sights, it's like. I look for anything that stands out to me. If they repeat the same thing twice, I will grab onto that. So for me, for example, with Lisa Rinna, she said in one season, it was the first season she was on, I think she kept saying, she said, own it a couple of times. And I was like, oh, I'm going to double down on this. And so I'm just going to be like, own it, own it, own it, own it. You got to own it. You got to own it. And you got to hustle. So I just, I try to find a phrase that they say over and over again, or at least once or twice. And then I exaggerate that, you know, with Ramona Singer, it's 
oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm really sorry. You know, so it's oh my gosh. And so it's always trying to find that little key phrase and exaggerating that because it's like a hook. You know, you want to have something that you can hold on to and or and, and exaggerate for sure for for comedy purposes. And uh, and so um, recently, uh, Kyle from Beverly Hills is sort of a newer impression I've been doing the last like year or so, but she's so subtle that it took me a really long, I mean, she's been on Beverly Hills since season one. And I just started doing her like a year and a half ago because she's not like a huge cartoon character, but she's really subtle. And one of the things that she would say a lot was like, just be honest, just be honest. Like, come on, just be honest. Just, just tell the truth. Just be honest. And then she always does like, kind of like a tongue, like a share thing. Like she's always licking her lips. So you know, if it's physical with like I a saw your impersonation, that one, one you oh, did, you did recently of her, yeah, where she was trying to put the plug in the wall or something, or there's a soft yes. plug, licking her lips from side. That was hilarious. I mean, those facial gestures and all of that kind of stuff too, you're looking yeah. for those sorts of ticks, or is it something yes. that they do that is like repetitive? Yes, the, the, absolutely. Like with Rome, Rona Singer, it's like, I got to do my eyes really big. Um, with Teresa, it's like, I got to kind of hunch over a little bit and use my hands. Um, and with Kyle, you know, like I said, with the lips, uh, it's always, it's definitely, if I can get the physicality of it, that is very helpful. Um, if I'm doing Bethany Frankel, which is exhausting. Cause she taught like, I, like, I can't like a time, like a, like a story or like what do you own? Like in like New York, like who, like why, like what? And like, what's your neck? Like, I'm going to buy like London, like who like, and sell like skinny girl, like be strong. Like she never finishes a sentence, but she just, she's always at that just breakneck speed when she talks. So it's always, it's also finding the pace of their voice, you know, and it's like, it's like music. I mean, when I'm studying to do a new housewife, it's almost like learning a composition of music. How fast is it? Is there staccato in their voice? So how do they, does the octave go up? Does it go down? Are they at one key? Are they, uh, so like when I was working on Margaret Joseph's recently, she's from New Jersey. She was really hard to get. And my process for her was, and has been for other ones since you asked. It's like watching a lot of footage, recording on my voice memos on my phone, recording their voices, listening to it back, trying to find something that grabs me, watching them over and over again, and really studying them. And with Margaret, it took a long time. And then finally figured out, she sort of starts up here and then she goes down here. So it's kind of like music if you do this. So the thing is, and then also the the, the face, if you're noticing the face, it's kind of like this. It's a little fishy. It's a little out here like that. And she drags things out. So it's really finding that took a long time to get that one because it's so complicated. You wouldn't think it would be, but it, because once it becomes obvious to you, it's like, oh, duh, that's how she sounds. But for me, it took a lot of studying and trying to find that in my voice to get there. It's like learning, like I said, a new piece of music. Do you have or to like, do you have to get into those bo- those body shapes that you're talking about and the facial expressions? Yeah, yeah. Is that like almost does it actually help you? Yes. I don't know. Define the voice. Define yes. The voice. It, you have to kind of imitate. If you don't imitate, you can't just have the voice. I, I completely agree because if if I make that face, it helps me find the sound. <laughs> because if you're making the face, you can the sound will come out the way that it comes out of their mouth. So. Yeah, if I'm if I'm making the facial expressions, it helps. Like with Ramona, it's like Allah smiles like this, you know, because her teeth are always out like that, and her eyes are up like this. So if I tighten things, also by the way, I, I mean, like I'm gonna have to get more work done. I'm gonna have to get work done my face so I can keep up with these housewives because I mean they're evolving faster than I can keep up. Their faces are changing, uh, and I'm I'm having a hard time. You know, makeup can only do so much. <laughs> no, without a doubt, no, but don't don't do that. You look great. Okay. You're gonna have to fake it. You're gonna have to do, you know, do something. I know. It's just like over when I do Lisa Renna, it's like I'm like, I look at myself, I'm going, I am a clown. I'm a legit clown. Because I have to draw really overdraw the lips, you know. Do people come up to you and ask you to just do things? Do people like, you know, imitate, personate? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it usually comes out pretty naturally. Um, well, with the pandemic, you know, I haven't really seen anybody. <laughs> and you know what? Cameo is fun because then I get paid to do it. <laughs> people will ask for a people. cameo. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's so always you, nice. People request you to do different impersonations on cameo then. That's yeah. what your request. It's really fun because a lot of the people that request me listen to my show. So I, I sometimes I have a connection with them anyway. And they'll tell me, oh, my wife listens to your show. She loves it. She loves, um, if you could do, uh, you know, 
uh, Gina from Orange County and Dorinda from New York City. And if you could do Lisa Vanderpump. Is that just because they can't afford to get the real people to do it? (laughs) Oh, 100%. And I'm like, I'll give them all to you right now for the very low price of $50. So um, <laughs> it's kind of awesome. People. Disc- discount housewives on Cameo. <laughs> discount. I got your warehouse prices right here, baby. No problem. <laughs> okay. I want, can you do, I want you to do for me, not, but not, I want you to do the Queen of England. You must be able to do her. Oh, the Queen of England is kind of like this. I'm not quite sure. I didn't quite like the Oprah interview at all. We're, we're up in the, we're on the up and up. I don't know if that. That's probably terrible. There you go. Well, I don't know, Tom. Both you of you. I really think you do- said Princess Anne, which is the Queen's daughter. So you're pretty close. I'd say that's pretty good. Okay, next time I'm on your show, I will deliver you a, a Queen impression. Can you do that? How difficult is that, though, to become a non-generic? I mean, you know, it's literally, that that really is impersonating someone who's 90 years old. I mean, that's, you know, <laughs> that's got to be quite difficult, facial expressions or not. I mean, you're really... <laughs> I can do it. I can do it. Can I just do need. It. A, I just need a day. I just they need say, just you, one day. You have to put like a hot potato in your mouth and try and try <laughs> it like it's about to burn your tongue at any moment. Oh, that's good. The burning of the tongue technique. I like that. See, you got it. Have, do you know how to do any impressions? No, no. I, I can hardly impersonate myself half the time. So, <laughs> yeah, what about you, Tom? No, terrible. But you got, what about caric- like family I'm members? Caricature of myself. So no. Doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, but we, we we try. I mean, we know we do silly things every now and again. But we, we, when we have a professional like you on, we can't possibly it's... entertain the concept of even trying to do anything at all, other than you know. I mean, I pretend to be sort of you know intelligent quite a lot of the time. You know, you know, throw out <laughs> numbers and statistics, but it, you know, clearly you saw through that. So, um, you know, maybe may... <laughs> what is I it would about you? Like a photo shoot? I would love to be photographed by you in my different characters there you go let's do it wouldn't that be fun it will be fun that'd be go. so fun we'll make it happen someday we'll do something. That, that would be great we should do something we should definitely do that we should definitely do that what why what was your interest in real housewives well my gateway drug was or my gateway show was the rachel zoe project Wow. Um, if you remember that yeah. on Bravo. And so that was the first impression I did. I was like, who is this character? Cause I was always doing, before I turned on Bravo, I was doing character reels and, um, you know, trying to get on Saturday night live. So I was always doing, um, impressions of regular celebrities. <laughs> so, um, and then when I saw Rachel, so I was like, Oh, I have to do a video of this because she, I die. Like it is bananas. Like how good that show was. So when I watched that, I was like, oh my God, this is such an amazing character. I've never, like, who is this person? And then quickly I was, you know, I was watching Bravo and it turned into The Real Housewives of New York. And then I started watching that. And that's when I saw Ramona Singer, who is quite the character. And then from there, I did an impression of Ramona. And with those two impressions, that's what got me on Watch What Happens Live. So they wanted to show those videos. So sure enough, I got to meet Andy that way. I got to meet Ramona in person. I got to meet Rachel Zoe. Rachel Zoe and I did a video together. And the world just started to open up. It was like, well, why don't I just lean into this? Because this is what is, this is what is inviting me into, you know, like explore what I can do with this. Obviously, the material keeps coming. They keep having more housewife shows. It was like Orange County, New York, Beverly Hills, Atlanta. They kept popping up. New Jersey. So I just was like, I'm going to keep doing these videos. And, and of course, through Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen, they were encouraging me to do it. They were like, don't stop. I was like, can't stop, won't stop. And sure enough, it just, it was a great relationship and a wonderful inspiration to have this, you know, opportunity to, for them to showcase some of the work that I was working on and, and have a platform to do that. So I owe so much to them for giving me that platform. It was, and, and it was really organic how it happened. And I just can continue to watch the shows. And I became quite addicted to, to these ladies, their charisma, their insanity, and their relatability on some level, their faults. And, uh, and I just kept going. And to, to this day, I mean, it's been like 10 years that I've been doing this. And now I have a show where I get to talk about these shows every day. It's kind of nuts. It's really bizarre how it happened. Do you ever dream 
in the actual different personality? Do you actually <laughs> like do these do these people haunt you in your in your in your dreams? And not as often as you'd think. But every once in a while, I'll have a dream. Like the other day, um, Brittany from Vanderpump Rules is like, "Yeah, I'm gonna expose you and your husband, and I, we're you're, we're we're gonna expose your sex tape or something crazy like that." Like she was blackmailing me. So I had this horrible nightmare that Brittany from Vanderpump Rules, who's she's not even on the show anymore, it was blackmailing me in a dream. It was terrifying. Um, and every once in a while, I have a dream about a housewife, but I never dream as them. That is so meta that you would ask that. And now I'm like, I'm totally, that's going to, guaranteed it'll happen tonight. I, I'm i probably yeah. going to dream I, as. I, I, I wonder, so I'm just trying to figure out whether you're actually an impersonator or it's just multiple personalities. I but, know. Yeah. I know. Well, I ask myself that sometimes too. And um, I'm talking to a professional and uh, apparently uh, I'm just a comedian who's trying to get work. <laughs> you know, and, and, I'm like and, Tootsie. And, I'm like Dustin Hoff. Another movie that, do you like Tootsie? Of course. Always love Tootsie. Love Tootsie. So I'm kind of like Tootsie, you know, I mean, they don't want me. They don't want me as a regular actor. You know, I was was trying to be a regular comedic actor. I can't get jobs as that. So I'm dressing up as as other people. So that's essentially my life story. Why not? Why not? What what about (laughs) men? Men. Do you like men doing men? impersonations i do uh do i like men doing men impersonations yeah, no, do or like, do, do i do, do? You like doing male men oh yeah male voices yeah but every I, once in a while yeah <laughs> sorry before you answer that question you said, like, <laughs> do you like men do you like doing men i mean what is this with and I just, <laughs> why can you talk jesus nice like keep it like remember it's a family show anyway sorry i these, oh, keep happening I, these, and with all due respect i love doing men so okay. there, I well, said it. There we go. Would you like to Both rephrase the I love doing men and yeah. I'm not afraid to say it. And I also like impersonating men. There we go. That's the word. Um, I, I do a couple of them. Um, who's the last? Like for Vanderpump Rules, Tom Schwartz. He's like, oh, baba. Like that's pretty much it. Um, and then who else have I done? Oh my gosh, Kyle Cook from <laughs> Kyle Cook from uh, Summer House. I recently did Kyle Cook from Summer House because I was like, oh my god, I think I look like him. Like if I just put on a men's wig, like, like he was a guest on our show just a few weeks ago. Oh my god! So was he talking about Lover Boy? He was, was Lover Boy. Get the numbers out on Lover Boy because uh, we got to roll it out, right, Amanda? Come on, Amanda. Yeah, so I like it's kind of like sounds like my Captain Sandy impression actually. <laughs> it's like sometimes I rob from Peter, rob from Peter to pay Paul. But um, I just knew that I could probably do an impression of Kyle if I put a wig on and I did like the stippling of the beard and everything. And if I just smiled just right, I was like, I can just get away with it. So I I did an impression of him and Captain Lee, who just is just he just talks about um, it's real gritty, but he'll be like, God damn it. I'm going to make you kiss my ass. And then he just gets, he always talks about ass for whatever reason. Like he's always like, if you don't get that on the dock, I'm going to eat your ass. It's like, whoa, Captain Lee. I mean, honestly, that's too much, too far. Like sometimes I don't think he knows what he's saying. I, I honestly don't. Um, so I'll, I'll do Captain Lee on my show a lot and uh, Kyle sometimes. But yeah, I'm not afraid to do to do guys um, if, if I feel inspired. I think it's fun. There you go, Tom. She's not afraid go, to do Tom. guys. Not afraid to do guys, Tom. <laughs> Um, I don't know. She brought it all the way around. That's what I was well, hoping for. Kyle, <laughs> Kyle, you should, if you can, you should try and watch or listen to Kyle thing because Nigel was just intent and I saw exactly what was going on. Basically, his, his fiance or his wife or I don't know what, or girlfriend, I don't know what, one of, and his rescue dog were in the background. Right. And he was trying to do everything he possibly could to not acknowledge the fact that they, these people were in the background. I mean, you people. Sorry, it's the, the dog and the and and, and, the, and the wife. And Nigel wouldn't let it go. He just wouldn't let it go. He's just like he's saying this is just so much more. It's just going to be so much more interesting to talk about the rescue dog and get your wife on it. And actually, I want to interview her. And eventually, oh. he had a choice, but to get and and it's very funny the result because I don't think it was like a sort of a joyous moment for him to be able to celebrate, you know, sharing the spotlight for a second. <laughs> right. But he wanted it all by himself. Right. It, 
an interesting. Um, it was. It, yeah, it was. It was an interesting. It's an interesting. And then his show. dog walked off and pissed on his on his sofa right behind. <laughs> Are you serious? You got to get those puppy by that. Oh my was, god! It was the best. It was really hilarious. We got the, is... the whole thing was hilarious. So, yeah, <laughs> no, you got to check that out for sure. Um, but here he is promoting a, another episode on your episode. Yeah, it's your show. You got to pro- promote it. Yeah. Good. Reality checked, people. So you got your show. You oh. got, you have this. Um, I guess it's on. It's a radio show. It's on Sirius XM. It's on Radio Andy. Yes. Uh, reality checked, and you basically what just go through the show and do your impersonations on the show itself. Yes, I recap every episode of every show pretty much on Bravo every day, um, Monday through Friday. So, for example, today I did Below Deck Sailing and I Below Deck Sailing Yacht, and I also did Shaws of Sunset. So, tomorrow I will do The Real Housewives of New York. And then, following that throughout the week, I'll do Beverly Hills, I'll do Top Chef, and Family Karma is coming back. So, I'll talk about Family Karma. I mean, it's, it's amazing. I mean, there is no lack of material. I, the only problem is I literally run out of time because we also do a portion of our show. We dedicate it to call, we call it news and feuds. So the beginning of the show, I always talk about what's going on currently. What's, what's in the news about the housewives. I mean, we've got like a lawsuit happening when we, I mean, there's always tons of lawsuits. We've got, um, a housewife of Salt Lake city who's allegedly, you know, scammed a lot of people. And um, so that's always in the news. Erica Jane from Beverly Hills is in a lot of trouble because Tom apparently took money from widows and orphans. So that's a problem. Um, and, and, and I also talk about, you know, the silly things that they post on their Instagram story. So it's like literal fodder every day. There's just no lack of something to talk about. So that I do that segment, then I recap what happened in each episode, and then we take calls. A lot of the time, sometimes I have guests on, really funny guests, to recap shows with me. And um, and in, infused in that is, of course, I end up doing my impressions. What if, if I'm reenacting something? And I just have a blast. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Everyone loves your, loved your show when I was there. I remember just people talking about it. My producer talking about it, Alyssa uh, and Ben used to talk about it a lot. Who, who produces your show? Alyssa produces and she wanted me to give you a big, big, big hello and a virtual hug. And she wanted to say hi and she loves you. And I, and you know, I love Alyssa and she's so great to work with. No, she was a total sweetheart. So look, what what other projects do you have coming out? You've got, obviously you have your cookbook, cook it, spill it, throw it. Is there other things you're working on? There it is. is. Okay. From your professional standpoint, because obviously you're, you're a photographer. So what do you think about the cover of this book? I mean, I'm dressed as a housewife. It's kind of like a, the concept is um, like the last supper, you know? I think it's hilarious. I think it's very well <laughs> like done. It? Is, it, is it a cartoon or is it a photograph? I can't quite tell. It's a photograph. It's me dressed up as all the different housewives. So it is. Oh, I can see. Yes. Now, yes. It, it almost looks, because you're impersonating, it does look like a caricature. Hence, it yes. looks like a cartoon. That's yes. why I was like, is, you're like, is, is this? That- is that the real thing? No, it's brilliant. It's very funny. It's a good, Thanks. great job. I almost think you could have made that photograph even bigger and wrapped it around the entire cover. <gasps> on a wrap. That would have been a whole really good table. idea. That's a good idea. Oh, my God. But, hey, call me next time. I will. Oh, my God. I can't. I'm going to text Stuart right after this and be like, oh, my God. Nigel had the greatest idea. Why didn't we think about this? Should have done um, that. <laughs> Should have done it. Could have, she could have, should have. Well, maybe we'll have a second cookbook. You never know. I mean, there's obviously more recipes to be had. (laughs) Um, Yeah, this book, this book is been a labor of love. And um, I am trying to write like a live stage show that I'd like to tour around, like a stand up show that's basically very Bravo centered, where I can do my impressions, you know, personal stories, um, interactions with different Bravo liberties my experiences and, um, and do a live show. I have, I miss performing live. I mean, after a year and a half of not performing, it's kind of weird. It's so I would love to be able to start touring a show and, uh, and that that's, that's like on my vision board, you know, to do a live stage show. That's what I'd like to accomplish right. next. Well, yeah. the best, the best, best of luck. We're going to be definitely watching and, and, you, you know, sort of prodding, uh, whenever we can just to sort Thank of uh, do what we can, but, before we let you go, you've been so generous with your time. We have something called Last Orders on the Shaken and Stirred show, which is a you know pretty easy sort of rapid fire question moment. Um, I've got my your first question. It's very, very easy. It's a little easy one to get you going. The funniest country you've ever visited? Canada, because um, 
I mean, <laughs> I have a lot of like very eccentric family members that live in Canada. And so every time I go there uh, for like a family reunion, just, it's just wacky. It's kind of funny, just funny things happen. And so I would say uh, Canada is my final answer. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. I, I, only as much as because I always think of Canada as so dry. <laughs> I know, right? I know you wouldn't think, maybe that's what, what makes it funny to me is that just the pulled back, just the pulled back, like very chill, very kind. I mean, I'm half Italian. I love, like, I, I really like the grit of personalities. I'm obviously drawn to that. So when I get around like a very, like, subtle situation, it always makes me laugh. I, I just, I, it, 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 it titillates me. It titillates me, if you will. Nothing like a little titillation. Hey, Tom. <laughs> uh, strangest food you have ever eaten? I guess wild boar. Wild boar. Mm-hmm. Wild boar. Okay. Yeah. Basically little, pork. Little gamey. Little gamey. <laughs> pork, people. Um, <laughs> yeah. AKA a hot dog. Exactly. Wild boar. Yes. I All think right. that, I yeah. think that if you're going to ask questions, you need to be able to answer them too. And I've never heard you answer that question. So, Nigel, what's the Ooh. strange thing? Uh, yeah. Okay, so it's not. I'm the interviewer. I'm not. I'm not the the question. I don't. Care. I don't, I don't, I don't you can't alligator. ask questions. Alligator. Oh, I've had alligator. Alligator too. You probably had it in Detroit. Nothing like a little alligator steak. Geographically, not the right place. I mean, not, I know it's not. <laughs> it's not. But so they take them all the way from Florida. Well, Tom, since Detroit. you just asked me that question, you've got to answer it too. Yeah, now. Tom, let's let's hear. Uh, goats, brains, eyeballs, as well in the same meal. That wasn't ideal. Oh, yeah. I, I pardon the pun. Sorry, sorry. I actually didn't mean to do that, but it was quite. <laughs> it wasn't ideal. It wasn't my ideal You're meal. Not a comedian, was mate. Ideal. Uh, <laughs> yeah, That's Morocco. Fun. All right. Wow. What gets your goat and what floats your boat? Wow. I feel like I'm on James Lipton, the actor studio right now. That's a really good question. What gets my goat? Um, I, you know, this is even pre pandemic, like very, just the simple things. Like when you're out at a store or in line, like why are you up on, why you get so close? Like, let's just have our space, you know, don't get so close. Let's just give a little, you know, you're the line at the bank. Why are you up on my heel? There's nobody moving in front of me. I can't move forward. You know, I loved when I went and got my COVID vaccine, how they have the little steps and you have to sit, you have to like stand on the little stickers or whatever. I'm like, this is my dream. No one's near me, like breathing down my neck. Like, can we keep this going? So that gets my goat um, real deep. Right. And um, what floats my boat? Ooh, humor. I love, I love, I love funny. I love dissecting like the minutia of life in funny ways and connecting with people on that level. Um, I love connecting with people through humor and finding the funny things in life because if you were not laughing, it's a travesty. <laughs> I mean, you gotta yeah. laugh, right? If you don't laugh, you're crying, right? So it's true. In the movie of your life. Who would yes. you play you, Amy? <gasps> I love this question. Oh, my God. Um, well, you know, I have a kind of a love-hate relationship with Gwyneth Paltrow. I love her. I do love her. You know, a lot of people hate her. I love her. Does she do things that are, you know, maybe go a little over our heads? Yes, but that's why I love her. I'm going to pick Gwyneth because I roll, I have an impression of her, and I feel like if I have an impression of her and her goop, then she can do an impression of me. Immediately. So, <laughs> Gwyneth. <laughs> gooping all the way. Just um, gooping all the way, Nigel. I have one last question for you. Okay. Shaken or stirred? <gasps> shaken, baby. Shaken, shaken. baby. Shaken, We're baby. shaken. <laughs> Love it. Amy Phillips, best of luck with everything you're doing. Check her out on Reality Checked on Radio Andy, which is station, was it 102? Is, is, that, is that what is 102 on Sirius XM? I still remember. My memory serves me. Yes. Um, and cook it, spill it, throw it, and not so real Housewives parody cookbook available for pre-sale right now, um, but for sale very soon. Best of luck with everything. And uh, Oh, thank you, know, you so much. It's so I'm, great seeing you. And you too, you too, you too. Well, next time we'll have you in person and we'll have a cocktail, you know, we'll yes. actually 
cheers in person that we want to do. Nigel's like you can you can impersonate Nigel. You can take when he gets overexcited. It sounds like I always think you can edit this out if you want. But I always slightly think you're you sound like you're on the lavatory. Anyway, there's my impersonation. I've been God, I've been trying, I've been meaning to say that for ages. Oh my god, it today's the day. This go. is the day. Sorry, nice. Sorry, nice. But you've got to laugh, right? No, you've got to <laughs> laugh, mate. You've got to laugh. We- I just like the fact that you did that impersonation while eating something, too. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> what was it's just unbelievable. You know, I don't want to bury him. No respect here on the Shaken and Stirred show. Everyone, we'll be back next week. Thank you so much for another brilliant show. Bye. Thank you. Thank you so much. All the best. Good luck. Same to you guys. Thank you very much for listening. That is Shaken and Stirred. We will be back next week with another podcast and another fantastic guest. And uh, stay safe. See ya. See ya.